Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cooled Podcast on a very wet, miserable, rainy Sydney summer. Hi, Steve. Hi, mate. <laughs> was, that a, was that an appropriate hi, mate, to kind What's of the hey, mate? miserable? You've stopped saying hey, mate. You're doing that on purpose, aren't you? Oh, I just said it. You said hi, mate. I just tried mate. to do it in the most miserable, <laughs> soggy way possible for like all um, my fans out there. Um, but um, my voice has no intonation, so it always comes out the same way. I know other people are listening. No, you're not monotone. <laughs> well, what do you want? How, why is it that every everything on Instagram, like when people post things and then there are bots out there that say promoted on Big Norks, you know, .ig or whatever it is. Really? I haven't seen that. Does anyone, like, is is that effective? You know, like, like if you post something on your Instagram thing and then, like, the bots take over and there's all these things sort of telling tales of how um, how some financial advice helped them out or, like, there's car ones that kind of go promoted on, you know, carwiz dot whatever. Like, surely, surely that's so pest-like that um, it doesn't do them any good whatsoever to do that. Maybe I'm maybe I'm contradicting that by raising it right now. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I get a lot of I get a lot of DMs from weird accounts, mm. you know, saying right. increase your followers or whatever. But they're always the the AI of Instagram catches them in the in the back end. So like they're hidden messages. Sometimes real people's messages get caught up in there. So I miss you know true people's messages. But right. in the messages, because I have the. Um, the Instagram account. I don't know if you have the same one because I have the creator type one. The, so you mm-hmm. actually get more. Fe- yeah, you get more features. Um, so you can actually do primary and general sort of DMs and separate them and stuff like that. But they also sort of take away the junk, the ones they think is oh, are okay. the junk. Um, sometimes it gets it wrong, but there's a lot. Like when sometimes I open it and there's a lot. There's like twenty, thirty like messages in there which are just all like spam, uh, spam basically. So, I notice lots of hot women want to make make friends with me. It's like, oh, yes. that's interesting. Yes, <laughs> there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. And if you look at those and you look at the ver- – the, the trick with that is you look at mm. the very first post that was created and usually it's yeah. only been created like a month before and they've got like, you know, all these posts and then, you know, hello, handsome or whatever they say to you. What do they say to you? You spend a lot of time uh, <laughs> digging through this. I thought I was special. I just see them. <laughs> I just see them every now and again. Sometimes they get through. Sometimes those ones actually get through for some reason because they they don't think it's a they don't think it's a dodgy account. But some reason, some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, um, what's been happening? Let's go back. Let's go straight into the topic of conversation. Most podcast mm-hmm. episodes, most of these episodes, you're exhausted, mm-hmm. Steve. What's happening? Swapping it this afternoon. <laughs> Did you buy patience. something new, or are you going back to something no. old? No, I'm just going back to the old one. Basically, I swapped it back to the Acra. Um, it's a Acra. Can't remember what version of it it is, but it's basically a a muffler with um, side deletes. And swapped it out, thinking that maybe the one that I had was too rowdy, and you know, it gave me a headache. One one drive home, admittedly, I hadn't slept because of the kids, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I've been horsing around with it for what? It's maybe about a month and a half, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, three years. We haven't been able to. <laughs> we haven't been able to Five go years. on many. 
<laughs> any fun drives since I put the Acra back on because um, I was I kind of knew it when I put it back on that it was like, oh, could be a little bit boring. Um, and I was hoping to kind of, you know, just sort of do some sort of fun drives with you guys to kind of test the theory out. Um, I have driven a little bit to, you know, like less fun drives to my parents and stuff like that. And the Acra, whilst it's good for listening to podcasts in the car, it's not much good for getting my jollies. So I figured stuff it. I'm going to go back to my jellies. So I'm putting the old one back on. And hopefully when they put the old one back on, they'll get the valves working again. And that will hopefully be the happy medium. Which which was the main problem, right? And you wouldn't have known that. Let's be honest. If you wouldn't have changed it to the Acura, you wouldn't have known that the valves were stuck. Because when you take it off, when he took it off, you noticed the valves were stuck, right? Oh, I knew the valve was stuck because my little um, carnual remote buttony thing, which opens and closes them um, wasn't working and you can literally hear the difference when you press that button but I couldn't tell I, I had a pretty song, strong suspicion that it was stuck open um, and that was the case but um, how are you going so, how are they fixing how are you fixing that though how do you fix it they said that um, the hose that fix fits into the into the valve um, had a little split on the end. Um, so it's literally kind of vacuum. So like all I have to do is snip the end of the hose off and then um, put it back over the valve and it should work all over again. So it's perfect then. Then you've got switchable. <clears throat> yeah, look, God's honest truth is it's switchable. Um, we're still, even with the valves closed, it's still a fraction loud. Like it would be ideal if valves closed, it was a little bit quieter. Valves open was not quite so loud. Um uh, full confessions, like, you know, in the last few weeks or whatever. Um, there was a dude I bought my um, side muffler bypasses from, the guy in Hong Kong that I told you about. Yes. And you keep sort of saying, did you buy your exhaust in Hong Kong? It's like, no, no. <laughs> I just made friends with this dude who was on Renlist and um, was um, selling um, uh, side muffler bypasses online. Yeah. He's got a Gen 1 RS, I think. I think. I don't really know. I'm not going to. Say his name out here and all that sort of Is stuff. Is he selling but, um, that? You buying that? No, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, but I could tell from conversations, like you know how it is. You wind up having chats with people, and um, basically, he's he tried every every exhaust known to man. Like he'd had a full Acra. He's got the full Dundon at the moment. He mm. tried a JCR. Um, uh, center thing, and he'd sort of done all these mixtures because, like I said in the past, with the GT3 you've got two main components. Well, there's three actually. There's the headers and the cats, the side by, the side mufflers and the centre muffler, and classically you horse around with the side and the centre. Um, this guy in Hong Kong had tried all these different brands. He'd s- switched all these different things, including headers and stuff like that. So in the last couple of weeks, I think I reached out to him and just sort of said, oh, I can pick your brains. You know, like did you really, do you reckon head- headers made a big difference to the sound? And his response to me, like knowing that he tried, you know, like many, many different things, he sort of said, oh, God's honest truth is that I got power from headers. He's tried Evom, Evom headers, which um, Sharkworks used to sell. Yeah. And he'd also, he's got Dundon long, long tube headers on his car. Um, he said that he got lots of power out of it, but he sort of said sound. He said, if you're doing it for sound, he said, it's not that much of a difference. Oh, right. 
So, sorry, that's a long-winded way of sort of saying for me, I'm going back to the old one because I'm a tight ass and I was relatively happy with it. Um, and B, more to the point is that if you were going to chase like the perfect sound, it sounds like going from his experiences, but that's a massive, massive, massive can of worms where you could be spending a bucket load of money and you might never get to it. Because I thought that maybe headers might be the... Um, the solution not that i've got the money to to kind of buy him but um it just sort of sounded like he concurred with some of um my experiences kind of thing but the thing is if you just put the acra on and you know it's not yep. you anymore are you going to sell the acra no hang on to it really just yeah, in case i think so does it only fit the gt3 or does it fit other 911 no, GT3 system is different from uh, like it'll fit. I'm I'm going to take a guess that it'll probably fit a 996 and maybe a 991.1, but um, there's some of those sensor a, ones are interchangeable. Does it fit a turbo, 996 turbo, mm, Mezger engine? No, no, I think the turbo system is completely different. Right. So, yeah, that's where I've gotten to. Like um, I said to Marco last time I was having a chat, um, the conversation with Marco is like, oh man, I hope I don't regret this. <laughs> I think it's fine though. If it's working, if it's working how it should work, I think it'll be fine. I mean, the problem is the, once the button's working, right? Yeah. And I think I said it when you asked last podcast, I know you keep asking and everyone's probably sick of hearing it, but um, uh, I think actually a big part of it is usage still, you know, like um, uh if I was a track monkey, then it would be, would be way too loud and it would basically kill you um, uh, because, you know, like at the moment this car has become more a weekend fun drive thing, you know, hopefully with you and Marco sort of thing. Um, the I think just the view of it more is it's like, oh, well, you may as well put the exhaust where you kind of get the maximum amount of kind of jollies, you know, like for a, for a fun drive and not worry, worry yeah. less about how it is on the freeway, worry less how it is, you know, like um, in traffic sort of say, because that's not the main goal for the car. I guess when you're going over to your parents in traffic, you should take the Macan, you shouldn't take the GT3, you know what I mean? If you're getting stuck mm. in traffic, I guess those sort of things. But, you know, for, for all the listeners, you know, if they haven't heard this before and people who are listening to this podcast for the very first time, um, yep. your exhaust is loud, you know what I mean? And it's loud <laughs> yes, it to the is. point that I'm two cars back and I only have my driver's window down, you know, mm. two inches, five centimeters, and mm. I can hear Steve's, you know, exhaust way back and I'm, I'm behind you. And it, it's loud. When you open it up, it's, it's loud. It, it, and it sounds it's good. good. Yeah. It, yeah, it sounds yeah. good. I don't know how it sounds in the cabin because I haven't been in the cabin since you've had that exhaust in. It might be too loud for me. I don't like it when I'm, you know, constant sort of noise like that in the cabin can be a little bit off-putting. You know what I mean? Wild, wild, wild guess is that I reckon it would be um, really annoying for you. Marco sort of said that he liked it um, again, but neither of you have been properly in the car with either the Acra or this system in it. So um, I think I've been in with the Acra. I've been in with the Acra. Yeah, but not sort of kind of going like for a, you know, spirited drive sort of thing. Yep. Um, okay, mistakes. We've made some mistakes along the way. Oh, yes, I made a big one. You made a mistake last week. Someone pulled you out, made a point of uh, telling you you were wrong about something. Oh, uh, yeah, in a... In a nice way, it was cool, like completely cool. And um, I uh, wanted to correct myself because I think I, I think it may have been I misread an art, either I misread an article or a journo 
um, got it wrong, which was that sort of ship, the whole kind of ship catching on fire and going down. Like it yes. actually never went down and it didn't have GT2 RSs. That was the previous one, like from a few years ago. So that thing that I was sort of saying to you, is like, oh, wow, like could you get a 2022 or 2023 GT2 RS, no, no, one GT2 RS, obviously, that ship was from a few years ago sort of thing. So Yeah, and when uh, you said that, you would have heard the doubt in my voice because I hadn't seen it. Yeah, yeah. And I had doubt too when I was sort of saying it, but it's just like, oh, I'm sure that's how I read it. So, And, you know, you're probably right. There was probably someone that reprinted it and tied it back into this ship, which is now sunk. I mean, I don't know if you've seen that article. It's, it now has officially sunk. It did sink? Oh, it okay. sunk. It's in the bottom of the ocean. It's going to be a coral collector. With all the cars, it's gone. Um, so it happened I the other day that there was a mess. No, there was a news thing the other day. I think it was on Spike's. Oh, okay. I saw it on Spike's Instagram after I read it. He put it up there as a post um, that oh, it okay. actually has okay. sunk. Yep. Um, now, I made a bit of an error too, you know, because me, PJ and, and Todd, I know you're probably listening. Um, all 356s look the same. I don't really know the differentiation. <laughs> Did you say that? <laughs> I don't know the differentiation between an A, a B, and a whatever. And also, when I'm You're looking racist. at the back of them, when I'm looking at the back of them, when I'm looking at the back of three five sixes, I, I, you know, I never. Yes. Well, anyway, cut a long story short. At the Duck and Whale event, I said that um, John at Pro Stitches three five six had a nine um, eleven engine in it, and I do remember Marco standing there looking at the engine with Marco, and it wasn't that one. It was the one next to it, which I think is. Brian from Zolhouse? Zolhouse, yeah, who's also another – he's got another Instagram as well, hasn't he? I can't remember what it is. I think it was his oh, car. Obrute. Obrute. Obrute on Instagram, yeah. So if, if you're listening, um, Ryan, is it? Um, I got it wrong. Yeah. John, I got it wrong. So it was actually Ryan's car. Both both of them beautiful 356s. And I only make that joke about me and 356s because I really – 356 I don't know a lot about. Um, you know, I know there's pre-A and there's A and there's B and there's C and there's, you know, Gamund. There's a moral to this story. For all the listeners out there, don't don't take anything that we say as gospel because we know shit. Well, because you're at this event, um, and I think all of us, I think Marco even said the same thing. And it's you're a bit delirious because there's a lot of things to look at. You want to see everything. You've got people talking to you. You're walking around. You know, it's like it's very early in the morning for me especially. Um, you know, I didn't wake up for probably another half an hour after I got there. So, you know, you sort of, you know, you make errors. Um, I was doubting whether that uh, spider in the Duck and Whale episode last week, I was doubting mm. whether the spider was a 718 or not because you said it to me. You said it's a 981 and I thought, is it a 981? Because no, there, yeah. there was a 981 there, a red one. There was about three spiders there that day. We were talking about that one in particular with the exhaust. Yeah. But I, I, I think it was a 718. I look back through it some was. of the, the video I took. Yeah, it was? Okay. Because I never saw it from the back, and I would I could pick it from the back. But are there any differences from the front? Can did they actually change that front apron, the bumper, and everything? I think there they're is. very very similar, right? I don't know. It's hard to tell the difference. You know what I mean? It's hard, mm. isn't it? You know. I look at that white nine nine three, and you know that was parked there, and I thought, oh, it's a nice nine nine three. Was that a Carrera S? And it's an RS. You know what I mean? So what do I know until I walk <laughs> around the back and see the wing? <laughs> Well, okay. so many people change the front on their 993s, right? You change the front on your 993. It's hard to tell with 993s whether they're something special until you go to the rear. Uh, uh, yeah, 993 no? RS is pretty special for me. <laughs> <laughs> what is the if, market value of a 993 RS? God knows. They'd, it'd be right up there, though. Like um, One mil? Aussie? I don't know. I mean, I'd, uh, I'm not as keen 
um, sort of follower of values um, and most of it doesn't really stick in my brain. But um, I don't know. I don't think it would be a million yet, would it? Wasn't there a turbo for sale that was 999,000 on car sales? Someone was trying to sell a turbo, 964 Mm, or something turbo. There was one. I think it might have been at um, Porsche Den, actually. It's like that um, the 4 litre, the 997 RS 4 litre that's at um, Richmond's. It's been sitting there for like more than six months, almost a year. I can't believe it though. Um, That's over a million. I know, Steve. But if you, this is a GT3 RS 4.0 white. Uh, white with red, right? It's a white with red. Yeah. Oh, they all. Yeah, yeah. They're all it's white. The same red. stickers on all of them. No, no. Yeah, no. The no, stickers are the same. Some are gold, right? No. No, but isn't TG isn't TGE's one white with gold stickers? No. Yeah, no, that's a normal RS. It's a three point eight RS, not a four liter RS. Oh, I thought it was a four liter RS. Okay, so so they're all the same then. Um, Yeah, yeah. But anyone who's, you know, like... horrible too. (laughs) It's just sitting there. It's just sitting there. Anyone that wants the 4.0, it's like there's one there in white. Like you could just take it. It's there. But it's over a million bucks. I mean, I guess... (laughs) It's worth it. I guess if you had the money, I guess if you had the money, like you know that, um, you know, like at some point in time, it will be worth a million dollars. Easy. But um, right now, I don't know. I have no idea. Just a different completely different market right you just don't know and the funny thing about that car is that there's um they're asking over a million but like the least they could have done is change the front um splitter the spoiler thing on it yeah (laughs) yeah you know there's just the odd little thing where you kind of go well are you really kind of serious about selling it or are you just trying to appease your wife (laughs) who was i who was i listening to the other day who said that they really hate seeing cars for sale and people haven't vacuumed the the mats the inside could have been me was that you? Marco. <laughs> was that you or Marco? Because I don't know, this week I've been looking at cars for sale and, you know, different sort mm. of cars and, like, there's so many of them, like, clean it. And then, you know, the, yeah. the, the 911, the common trait of people, like you said, you know, people get not getting in carefully with the seat bolster being a bit worn and the scuffing on the plastic plate on a 997, the, yep. in, the, the, outer door, the door sill, outer door sill. All you need yeah, yeah. is a bit of, like, yeah. product, wipe it over, and then the scratches don't look as bad for your photographs. But so many dealers still take photos of, of I see new 911s or newish 911s and they're all scuffed up. And then the yeah, side of your seat bolster, like put a bit of leather um, nourisher on your seat so it doesn't look so dry and like you haven't touched it in 10 years. I don't know. Presentation. Yeah, presentation. there's also, um, I agree, there's that. There's one on that um, trading garage auction platform, which like I'd heard of before, and I looked into it. It's uh, oh, that was the one actually. Flogging, they've got a filthy. Yeah, they've got a nine nine seven point one GT three like yeah. mine. Filthy. Um, which kind of looks like it's a pretty good spec. It's a it's a club sport, right? Yeah, it's a yes. club sport, and it's got that um, uh, what's it called? Group M uh, carbon airbox in it. Um, mm. Blah blah blah. Relatively low K's. Like I think it was about. Was it about forty-two or something like that? Um, so was this the car that but, ages ago you wanted to buy that box from? The guy that sold. I it was originally? asking. Yeah, I was asking. I was asking the guy because he um, he was in Mount Eliza in Mornington Peninsula in Victoria because uh, I just wanted to know like whether it made any uh, whether the airbox was any good or not. Um, and he sort of said to me he couldn't tell because he bought the car with it on there, so he didn't know the answer to that question. But that was the GT3 that was for sale for a long time that was spoken about on Porsche Forums Australia and it was sitting there for a long time, that one with the airbox. Was there, it was for sale for a long I was, time. I don't remember that bit. Yeah, a long yeah. time. Long time. It's back I when remember. they were much cheaper. 
So now it's for sale, but it's it's not detailed properly. It's not detailed exactly. properly. Exactly. It's like it's not it's not that hard to kind of clean a car properly. Like, and if you don't have the time, yeah, you can pay somebody to do it. Or I'll I'll up your comments about like the scuffing on the door sills. It's like they're not that expensive. Like it's a bit of plastic. Just change it. You know, buy and it's hundred bucks. Buy a bit and change it. Like I'm sure you'd recoup that hundred dollars because um, scuffed scuffed door sills to me is a surefire sign of the person that owned that car doesn't care about it because I really don't think it's that hard to not scuff the plates. I think that car, um, that one for sale, yeah. and others, I'm not going to pinpoint them directly, is just the laziness in the market at the moment that these people who are selling think that they're going to get the money regardless oh, okay. and you don't have to go to that little bit of extra effort that you used to do to make your car presentable yep. for sale. And like... For me, I, you know, you sent it to me and it's like, I wouldn't, for some, I just I just don't want to look at it. You know what I mean? When I see that, it's like, you, you can't be bothered to like clean it or replace that or like you said, or just make it right for sale. It's like... I've just pulled up the ad for it. Like it's, um, it's got three days to go and it's at 183. You know, I was 183. You know, I was, yeah. someone sent me a link the other day to an auction site and I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was. And it's an auction site in Australia and I think they've got a 912 for sale. With a, mm-hmm. with a duck tail. Mm-hmm. And it says that it's some auction house, actually. And I can't remember what the name of it is. It's, just, it's gone past me. Um, and it said on there that you can only have a visual inspection. You can't do a proper PPI inspection. It's not allowed. It's like you can wow, look at it. Market. A quick mm-hmm. visual inspection or something, not a full inspection. It's like, what are you talking about? Like they won't even let you do a, a check on the car. You just have to trust them. And then they give the disclaimer that the description is, yep. is accurate to what they you know say it is, but it could be wrong. To their knowledge or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. come on. You know what I mean? Come on. Maybe that's just Australia. I don't know, but that's just, that's just insane. Um, but I really think the market is lazy. I think people who I sell cars it. at the moment are very, very lazy because especially Porsche, Steve, they just think they're just going to get the money regardless and it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think I do think that there's an assumption at the moment that um, because there's this kind of crazy bubble thing that's going on that um, everyone just sort of thinks that they're going to rake it in. And look, maybe they would. I'm, I'm not in the market, so I don't really know. I'm not buying. I'm not selling. Um, I have no idea what um, values that these cars are trading hands at, but it does, it's not like even that, going back to that um, trading garage one, like the front spoiler lip too. It's like, I know, 200 you know, bucks, right? Uh, that that part got expensive. It's now $700. But, Whoa. you know, like it's still, it's still worth swapping out if you kind of want to fetch top dollar. Like I think if you're, if you're expecting to command top dollar and you want like, you know, 250 and beyond or whatever for that thing, um, you really should be doing it. I, I know. Mm. I know you could counter that with, well, the new owner only has to spend seven hundred dollars to swap that out, or no, you know, they can just get the do vacuum it for out them. themselves. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, that's a thousand dollars for the two door sills and the front lip. You know, and yep. and clean the car a little bit better. I saw another yep. car for sale. I'm not going to mention where it is because I don't want to say it in a bad way. But I was surprised when I saw it. Another yep. car which is I thought was quite appealing, um, yep. and then looking closely at the pictures, it looks like there's a a hole in the carpet, like the carpet's worn through where the guy's rested his uh, foot, right? You know, it's worn through. Yep. And I'm yep. thinking, well, Is that if the you're a or dealer, the no, it looks like it's the carpet underneath. There's, and that's Boy. what I was going to say. If you're yep. selling a car like that, wouldn't you just buy the mats? You have a parts department, buy the mats, put the mats in. And at least then, you know, you say, well, there is a hole under there, but it's got 
the mats, yep. you know, you won't see it with the mats. I don't know. To me, that's just like, because I look at that and I go, oh, it hasn't been looked after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Maybe we're I agree. crazy. I think there's so many, there's so many telltale signs. Like I think, um, again, in this day and age when, uh, you know, people have been locked down and you can't necessarily kind of travel around or fly to another city to go and check out a car. Um, there are so many easy ways of picking things in photos. Like it doesn't doesn't take much to kind of be able to pick um, when somebody's cared for their car or when somebody like has neglected it. And I know that's based on opinion. Like my version of neglected is probably different to you know somebody else's. But yeah, I was trying to find a post then, and I've forgotten, and I've completely mm. got a blank this morning. Um, who Magna, Magnus Walker bought his nine nine one Turbo S from in LA? Right. And I can't remember the nice guy's name. It's like a dealer and he has he's on those drives with uh, Porsche Life 111. Anyway, he had a post about the best, the three best Porsches to buy, the ones to buy, the collectible ones. One right. of them was a 987 Spider. I'm trying to think what the other two oh, okay. were. I'm trying to think of his name. I, it's, just, it's just completely slipped my mind. It's completely yeah. slipped my mind. Um, it might come back to me and I'll come back to it. But 987 Spider, and then he had two others. The, t- the three cars that he thinks are the, the collectible ones. Um, 987 Spider? You mean the green one? No, that was a Cayman. Yeah, 987 Boxster Spider. Yeah, I'm trying to think. That, so that was the first one. The, with... one that's for sale, the one that's for sale in Sydney at the moment in the platinum color, the one you said you'd rather than the one after that, that model. Isn't that a 981? That's a 981 Spider, isn't it? It's 987. <laughs> I'm confused. Okay, it's nine eight seven. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the guy, another guy in the UK, has got one as well that I follow on Instagram. He's got a black one, but it's nine eight seven. But that was cool one of the ones that. he he mentioned, which I thought was interesting. That that was on the list. That's all. I just thought it was yep. interesting, and I can't remember his yep. name. It's in my head, and I can't. I can see it, but I can't remember the name of the Instagram account. Is your spider fetish growing? Yeah, I like the spiders. I think a lot of people seem to be appreciating spiders. Um, I know in the Good prices for, um, in Sydney summers, right? Yeah, Sydney summers. Good to have one right now. Exactly. I know the prices though are a bit weird because I remember I was looking at them and PDKs mm. and manuals, and they were selling, they were still selling at one hundred five, one hundred nine, and I think a few of them came up, Steve, and not that long ago. You know, I'm talking six months. Mm-hmm. The latest ones that mm-hmm. have come up, the white one sold that was one thirty eight, one thirty five, and then I think this other nine eight seven that's come up, which mm-hmm. is first owner, like no kilometers in platinum, which is a really good example if it hasn't sold already. I think that's about the same, about 130. So they've jumped mm-hmm. up 30K in the last six six or so months. They really have, because um, people kind of kept away from the 987 one, right? A little bit. Um, yeah, I think because like mechanically it didn't have as many sort of um, improvements in inverted commas as, um, you know, like until like um, Andy Proeninger kind of got his hands on it more recently. Yep. So then it's sort of bit more uh, credible or whatever the word is. Yep. Let me just go back to Patreon, Steve. <coughs> um, there's hey. no new members for Porsche School this week. Uh, I'm not going to promote that this week. I'm just going to – there's no new members. Um, but there was – I just wanted to do a shout-out to Matt again. Um, Matt actually told me uh, – Matt, I shout, did a shout-out last week. He was a new member. Um, he just mm. bought he, – he did buy the 991.1 GT3 RS. It wasn't the one that he did the PPI on. It was another one, I think he said. Um, but he's oh, actually cool. got one. So very, very cool. So that'd be mad. Yeah, that'd be mad. Um, and what then color? Porsche, I think you said silver, which I like it in silver. Nice. I think it was silver. Yeah, I, too. I like yeah. it in silver. There was one for sale at that um, dealer in ACT in Canberra, the Porsche dealer for oh, a while there. 
Yeah, yep. Golson's had one point one for a while there, and it was a really well spec'd. Um, I still think if I got a GT3 RS, I don't know, I still think the purple. I really like the purple, and I'm not a big fan of purple, but I like that yeah, ultraviolet. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that purple, ultraviolet. But I think you'd, you might be, like, too much on display. Um, a bit like being in a Spider or a convertible, you know. Mm, that'd be less attention-grabbing, wouldn't it? Maybe. I don't know. It's more that you can see. Remember whenever I've driven a roofless car, as long as you just look ahead, never look to your side, never look left or right, and then you're okay. Like if if you can't see yeah. other people looking at you, then you don't yeah. become self-conscious. I, I was next to a guy. I was next to a guy last week uh, when I was drove the car last on that Sunday when I was going backwards and forwards all day um, after yep. the Duck and Whale yep. event, and I was next to a guy in a GT500 Mustang convertible, yep. and it's like, man. Yep. You know, really on display. You're really on show. <laughs> Careful what you say. You kind of liked wanting to be on display. You could see it. He was enjoying it. I, I don't know about that. I'm just not sure about it. Yeah. You do feel exposed. Speaking of, speaking of convertibles, I have been doing – I'm going to throw something in here. I have been looking at things, cars during mm. the week because I saw something else that came up. Um, I've mm. been looking at those Z4, M, Z4 coupes. Yeah, they're cool. And they're there really cool. The, um, there was one at Duck and Whale. Next to the E30, yeah, E46. but not the not the Z3 one, the Z4 ones. The Z3 yeah, ones, yeah, yeah. there's a couple for sale, are expensive. There actually is a Z4 coupe for sale on car sales at the moment. It's not an M, it's just a Z4 coupe. That would still be a mad car, yeah. It's black, it's got red interior, yep. it's got hardly yep. any kilometers, and the guy wants yep. 40 grand for it. I reckon it's an absolute bargain. 40? Is that 40. all? Yeah. So, Steve, that's pretty good, isn't it? 50 50, 20%, 20,000 each. I got Whoa. 20 grand. Ready? If you're ready to do it, Z. share it. You can store it. You can drive it. It's a good one. Oh, maybe it's time to sell something. Yeah. Sell my wife. <laughs> yeah, it's only 20 grand. I'll send you the link, but there's only one. If you do a search, it, it comes up. Manual too, of course. They're, um, they're supposed to be quite revered in the BMW community. I mean, I know the M, the M Coupe is um, sort of more desirable, but the, the 2.8 litre engine in that thing is um, really good. It's like you know, yeah. like iconic, uh, iconic um, straight six um, BMW engine. They're really great. I love the look. Do it. There is a there is a Z4 M for sale, but the guys had it Maybe completely should... completely resprayed, and I think that's about eighty thousand. I think the one for forty grand is in Adelaide as well, so you right. know it's well looked after because it's in Adelaide. Um, but it's nice with the black and the red interior. It's got a bit of style to it. Looks really well. Tasha can't after. hear you, can she? Can Tasha hear? Yeah, yeah, of course. Can she? <clears throat> Because yeah. oh, let's sell her as well and get that instead. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing left to sell. I wish I had something to sell. Hey, um, before I get on to um, Porsche Good Owner stories, because we've left it a little bit late in the episode, um, mm. the IK Foam Pro 2 sprayer that you recommended, mm-hmm. Steve, I used it. Mm-hmm. I managed to get into my car wash bay and I used it. It works. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I've got, as I said to you before recording, I don't know whether I've got a dud. Um, I have to pump it a lot. Is that usual? Is that what you have to do? I mean, I, have, I had to pump it probably 10 times during the car wash. Um, it As comes, in you stopped and then you had to go again and then you stopped and then you had to go again. Yeah, I had to because it had it just lost oh, all the pressure. So yeah, mine definitely didn't do that. And it comes out in like in lines. It like sprays it in line more than a shower spray. Um, so I don't know whether there's something wrong with mine or I'm doing something wrong. Probably I'm doing something wrong. Um, but I did use it. Uh, I mean, apart from that, the, the suds were good. The soap was good. The Adam's soap that I bought was very, very good. Um mm-hmm. Did you feel yourself not scratching the car as you were using this? I or? don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's good. For, I think the wheels are a lot cleaner because I let the I did it with I did the wheels and first and then let it sit mm-hmm. on the wheels for a while and I think the wheels actually look 
a lot cleaner, even though I usually do it with my mitt, you know what I mean? But I did do it with the mitt afterwards as well, so I did both. Yeah, I, I think, like, um, I still kind of maintain that um, even though I'm kind of converted to all this foamy kind of business, um, if your car's properly dirty, you kind of still need to contact the paint. You need to agitate it to kind of clean it properly. I don't think, like, it um, doesn't matter how much chemical or how much foam or whatever and how much pressure washing you kind of do on your car, you still need to actually kind of yeah, you know, I did agitate it twice. The, the grime to kind of get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. Mine wasn't that dirty. It only been to not long, maybe twenty minutes more. I can well Only because I was pumping for half the time, you know. Okay, that's not too bad. <laughs> it gets because it gets to the point where it's really hard. To, like it's so pressurized, you can't push the handle. Um, you know, pump that much more. Not really. This is what I'm thinking. I don't know whether there's something wrong with mine. I mean, maybe I need to look at it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I need to try it again and just see. It. I'll try it again. I mean, my car at the moment, and I said this to Steve earlier, but so the listeners know, um, I washed it, I waxed it a bit, and then I um, put it under the cover, and it's been under a the bit. cover, all, under the cover <laughs> all week, all week. Um, it's been under the cover a week because in Sydney it's pouring down with rain, and I know there's a couple of people there saying, "Michael, you can drive in the rain." Um, and I know who they are, and it's like, you don't want to drive in rain in Sydney. It's a bit crazy. Um, but last night when I went to get uh, takeout, takeaway, take home, whatever you call it, mm. um, it started to rain, and all of a sudden the horns were starting, the, the, the waterfalls were starting. It was like, it's just aggro out there when it rains. People just don't cope on the road with rain here. I just find it very, it gets all very manic like everyone sort of goes a bit crazy. I just don't want to drive in that sort of weather. And then, like as you said before, all the potholes mm. that have been created, like, you, you know, it's a bit rough. Yeah, it's pretty awful out there. The weather's been um, really, really intense. Like, I don't know, it's been more than a week already, is it? It's been more than a week, yeah. Have you been driving your yeah. car? Nope, I've been out. Yeah. Uh, you know, we took the McCann out yesterday. It was um, my daughter's first birthday. but um, Happy birthday. Did you get us something Thanks. nice? A, a toy. watch? <laughs> <laughs> a Cartier was, bracelet? That was... <laughs> <laughs> huh? No, that was what? last year. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I meant Emily. I meant Emily. Whole, um, what did you get Emily? <laughs> there's this whole birth year thing going on too. Like um, I noticed like um, people kind of talk about getting a birth year car or getting a birth year watch. Uh, I don't stuff. know about that. I'm not sure yeah. about that. Steve, speaking of detailing, yes. I was doing the segue yes. into it. Porsche Cool Diamond oh, Stories this week, number 71. Have you listened yep. to it? No, I haven't. Sorry. It's David. Been busy. Hello, David. David's from Sydney. Actually, he's from Sydney, Australia. I say Sydney, but it is Sydney. He's uh, near Camden. He's in the he's in the fresh, the green of Camden. Um, he's got a really, he had a really good story. Um, David and I mm-hmm. have been... We first spoke, I think I said in the podcast, and I'm trying to remember back in 2019, I think it was, when David was looking for 911s. He sent me a couple of messages through Facebook and uh, we were chatting. I think that was when I was in, when I was in Bahrain, when I first got to Bahrain. Um, but he eventually found his car. He's got a um, 2001 Steve 996 Turbo. I thought Marco would be inter- interested in this one. Um, Meridian, cool. Meridian over Metropole. Um, <laughs> it's, cool. got, it's got 19-inch roof wheels. It's got a roof wing. Uh, I think he said Gambala Springs and, and a one-bar tune by Auto Art. Cool. So it's the car, spec. yeah, and the car was a really, it's a really, and I'm not going to give it away as I always say, but the car was, <laughs> the ad was very misleading because it was advertised as Arctic Silver with black leather. 
right? So David yep. goes and looks at it. I think it was in Albury, and it's like mm, this is not Arctic <laughs> Silver, and this is not black leather. So yeah. a very weird ad, but heaps of, um, as David said, it's one of those cars you find. And I, I've had other people on owner stories, and I mentioned this in that episode, who have had similar situations where they go and look at a car and it's so badly photographed or advertised and they go and see it and it's like, wow, this is, this is fantastic. You know what I mean? It's quite a unique color, right? I, I think it was Josh, actually. Josh with the Ocean Blue um, 996. I think with the Josh with his Blue 996. I think it was Josh as well when he went mm-hmm. and picked up the car. The guy was a bit odd and then he, it's like fantastic. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a, you know, David hasn't really had a lot of, he said most of the cars, I asked him what were his most memorable cars and he said most of his cars were shit boxes. Um, so mm-hmm. I hope that the international audience <laughs> knows what that means. I'm pretty sure that's universal. <laughs> Is it? He said most of the shit <laughs> yeah, boxes, but, sure. he, but he had a lot of, um, he had a lot of um, uh, road bikes and sports bikes. Uh, and he, he's a detailer in Sydney. He's got a detailing business, a mobile detailing business. He started it when he was, you know, he left school at 16 and started it straight out of school before he even had his license. Um, and I thought he said, he said a couple of good things, David, and I know you're listening. David said a couple of great things. It's like it took him 20 years to get the car. And he said basically he cleaned the car. It took him two months to clean the car properly. Like he put, wow. he's got like a proper shed. He's got lift, Steve. Um, if you look, yeah. at, look at David's Instagram, you'll see his shed, like his little shed. It's like everyone's yeah. dream. Um, and he basically took it all, everything apart, cleaned it. He got the wheels re, um, repainted because they were sort of like, they were roof wheels, but they'd had some kind of chrome finish put on them. Um, so he went back Those to like the... Those roof wheels are awesome. Yeah, they're, they're one of my awesome. Favorite wheels. They look they're fantastic. So and they're 19 inch, but they look fantastic on the turbo. They really do. Marco, if you listen, they really, really look great, really, really good. I remember reading about roof wheels when I was in my 993 a lot, even my 964. And, you know, like on the classic kind of Renless forum stuff, people would kind of complain or sort of criticize them for being really heavy. Yeah. But then I'd remember reading other things where people kind of said it makes absolutely no difference. Like, um, and yeah, I don't know, just on looks alone, they look um, really, really kind of sweet design. Yeah. Um, who else had, oh, um, Andrew, <clears throat> Andrew from 911 South uh, in the US, mm. uh, who was on a very early owner stories. He, mm. um, he got those roof wheels for his 993 that he bought. Uh, yep. He put the roof wheels on and he got those seats from some guy in America. I think they're like replica sort of RS seats or whatever they were. I forget what the seats were. Yeah, right. Andrew's probably going, they're not RS seats, but whatever the seats were. And those two changes to that car just made the car look so cool. I don't know whether yeah. you've seen that video on Andrew's um, YouTube channel, but it's on 911 South. So really, it made the car look fantastic. I really liked it. I thought Actually, David said right, some... Marco. Get off your ass. Get some roof wheels. They're good. They're really good. Yeah, get some roof wheels. Because I've kind of got that sort of slightly hyper silver effect as well, don't they? I'm pretty sure um, it's not like a standard silver. It's um, kind of got like a slightly, you know, like that um, BMW-ish type finish. Yeah, have a look at um, David's Instagram. It's at roof996 turbo. Roof996 turbo. The color's really cool. That Meridian has got, it's, it's almost like, Slightly it's, champagne? To me, it's champagne. Yeah, rose. I always I called it rose. It has that rose tint where the, you know, we talk about mm. polar silver, blue tint, you know, Arctic's more black, GT's more brown, and this has got that sort of champagne rose color. It's a beautiful looking yep. car. He's and he's detailed yep. it so well. Like he cleaned the he cleaned the ass off it basically. Um and then he got the wheels <laughs> redone. And it took him two months. He said it took about two months to clean it and sort everything out, but he said that was okay because he's waited twenty years to get this car. You know, it's his first real nice car. 
Um, and it's a right. great story. Um, but David has the list, Steve. I just want to tell you this because you, you'll hear it, but I mm. want to tell you now. He has the list, the price list of all the options. The car, oh, okay. yep. it's it. The car was built in uh, December two thousand, I think, and it's an, but it's an 01 model. Yep. Three hundred and thirty-one thousand Australian Boy. dollars. That's how it's got carbon carbon options. It's got. That's how much it cost, 331000 I don't know whether Marco has that for his car. I'd be interested to know what his point two costs because that's what David's cost. He has the list. So this literally the car had all the documentation, had so much documentation, and he sorted it all out and traced the history and everything. Um, but it's a good story. Go and have a look at um, David's Instagram. Nice it's at, at Roof996Turbo. Give him a follow uh, and tell him you heard his story on Porsche Cool. But it's, it's a good one if you haven't listened to it already. Make sure you take did a you, listen. Did, did you? Because I haven't listened to it yet. I had a busy um, week. But um, did he? Did he answer the um, favorite roads question? Because I've always wondered um, if there's some really good roads around that part of. He did, um, and you'll have to listen to it because I can't remember okay. where it was now. Yeah. But there was a cool. good recommendation there, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, cool. But it's a good area to be. I mean. I love David's shed. I like how he said he's got his shed. It's like, that's not a shed. That's huge. <laughs> shed where he's got his cars. And a proper lift. He's got everything. It's fantastic. It's a really good story, a really nice story that, you know, you know, you work hard and you get something like this and, and you know, it's, it's just a good story. Very good story. Yep. Steve, have you, I've got a recommendation um, and it's, uh, I'm not going to say the word, mm-hmm. but it's one that you recommended to me, which we haven't said on mm-hmm. the podcast, and I bought it um, and mm-hmm. I used it. I used it on Saturday to wash my car. Sunday or whatever it was to wash my car, and oh, it's the Adams. It's the Adams Adams ten inch car wash pad. Now Steve said this to me, and I've got I've got like a mint one, I think, which is blue and white that I got from Car Care Products, and I've got something else. One? Yeah, microfiber one, I yep. think it is. And then I bought a yep. I bought a blue sponge as well from the IK2 Pro people. They had this blue sponge, and I thought I could use it on the wheels. It's got little dimples on the top. It's supposed to be a really good sponge. Yep. So I bought one yep. of those. And then Steve said, then I thought, I don't want to buy any more things. I've got enough. And then Steve said, oh, you've got to get that. It's really good. So because I was buying from <laughs> Adams, I was already buying the car firm stuff. I'd already placed that order. I emailed them. This is Adams in Australia, which is the same as the US. Very, very helpful. Yeah. Great company to deal with. Really yeah. good company. And it was a discount at the time for Valentine's Day. And I said, look, I just placed this order, but I want the mitt. Can you put it in the same order? She said, yes, no problem. Didn't charge me any more shipping and just put it yeah. in the box. So it's good. But it's a 10-inch car wash pad. And Steve is actually right. It is good, isn't it? amazing. Um, and compared to the mint one that I've been using, I think, I don't know if that's an Australian brand or an international brand, but the mint one was good, but this one is amazing. And why is it good? And Steve knows the reason already. It holds lots of water. It keeps the soap. It's so smooth. It glides over your paintwork. Like it literally glides over your paintwork. Um, it's made of synthetic, uh, it's synthetic wool. I don't think it's real wool. I think it's synthetic yeah, wool. Synthetic, synthetic yeah. wool. But, you know, it's supposed to lift the dirt away. It's supposed to, you know, the dirt's supposed to go in your bucket. It's not supposed to scratch your car. Um, it's a really good product and it's really, it's quite cheap, right, Steve? I can't remember the price. It's not that expensive. No, I don't know about cheap. I don't know about cheap, but um, it's worth it. Like um, I'd, I'd kind of gone through many different things. Like I think the, all the rage at the moment of the, that American rag trade company thing, whatever it's called, yes. the rag company. Um, I've tried some, some stuff from them. Um, and I can't remember why I just sort of stumbled across that one. I sort of thought that I'd give it a go. I looked at it and sort of thought, oh, even when you kind of receive it and you kind of look at it, you go, oh, that looks like it's really scratchy because it's 
synthetic and it looks like a sheepskin rug type thing as opposed to microfiber. But it glides. So I sort of thought, oh, this looks like if it kind of catches a bit of dirt, it's going to stay in there. But um, I was pleasantly surprised. So I've kind of got four of them. <laughs> really? It's I didn't get four. I got one. It's Just so you know, Steve's got more money than me. It's $30 Australian. So um, much more money. So I bought one. $30 Australian. Uh, rich. I view Michael as a peasant. <laughs> um, you know, he's like the gum on my shoe, basically. Um, yeah. Why did I buy four? Because I also saw somebody talking about like the best um, washing method, you know, like the two buck, the whole two bucket thing. Yeah. The alternative to the two bucket is that you put multiple um, mitts or sponges in your bucket. So you never rinse one that's dirty. Right. So if I put two, if I put two of those big things in my bucket, I can basically almost kind of cover the car without having to kind of go back with a dirty mitt, if that makes sense. It's it's interesting, and when you hear the story, you'll you'll hear it. But I also only ever wear my underwear once. Really? Yeah, I discard it after I wear it once. <laughs> I actually knew. I actually used to work with someone that used to do that. <laughs> No, I'm, and no, can you name you can, names? Well, you can guess. He's not alive anymore, but you could guess. I probably could guess. <laughs> so uh, David's story, I just want to go back to it actually because David's a detailer, right? And David said to me, mm. he said, you don't, you're not really a fan of ceramic coating. And I said, it's not that I'm not a fan. Maybe I've led on to mm. that I'm not a fan. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of paying the money and I'm not a fan of hearing the stories about how long it takes to, to maintain, <laughs> which, he, which, he, yeah. which he agrees Fair. it does take longer to maintain, right? Yeah. Yep. But he said, oh, he and, did? Cool. yeah, and David's got a great way of looking. He said, if you enjoy Sunday afternoon, and when we were talking, it was a beautiful day. You know, it was that, yep. maybe it was last Sunday. Maybe it was after the duck and whale thing. I don't know. It was after the duck and whale thing, actually. It was the same day. Right. Um, and he said, I had a busy day that day. Um, and then we're talking and he said, look, if you enjoy like on this beautiful Sunday afternoon, going out, having a, cracking a beer open and washing your car and waxing your car, then there's nothing wrong with that and stick to it. If you're that sort of person that enjoys that and something you enjoy, just stick to it. There's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. doing your car with a two-bucket. And and I thought that's a good way of looking at it. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's not like it's a bad thing. Maybe the other no, way is, no, 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 no. you know, more better. But it's it's not a bad thing. The wax won't last as long, but it won't last as long as ceramic. But at least yep. if you enjoy it, then just keep doing it. And I thought that was a really good advice and a good way of looking at it because we can get caught up in all this ceramic coating and double PPFing yep. and PPFing and... You know, PPFing watches and not wearing watches until you get it scratched. You know, Steve Steve sent me a great image the other day um, of a watch of a was it an AP or a Patek? It was an AP, the gold AP Royal Oak. It was a gold AP Royal Oak, and it's it was worn right. It was scratched to death, and that's what you want to see in a watch. You want to see the life of it. There's a great image that that was on Houdinki, and it's probably still on Houdinki of Ed Sheeran's mm. uh, Patek, I think, or Pat, I think it's a Patek actually that he mm. wore to death. And it's scratched like anything as well because he wears it on stage. He just wears it like a normal watch. And, of course, you yeah. know, if you're wealthy, you know, people say that's because you're really wealthy and it doesn't matter. But your watch has so much more life to it, you know. And I'm still yeah, a thing, you know, I don't like scratches as much as the next person, but you need to have a bit of personality in, in your car and your furniture and your watches. You know, you can't just have everything that looks brand new all the time. Yeah, that gold AP that um, I sent you, I'd never seen... Um, a watch like that because like literally all the kind of edges on it, all the beveled edges and stuff um, were completely kind of rounded off. <laughs> and I know it's gold, so it's a softer kind of metal, but um, that was one seriously worn um, Royal Oak. And 
uh, when you kind of look at it, you kind of go, oh, is that really still kind of worth this? I think this was on uh, watch collecting. Um, That's right. Is it, is it still worth that kind of money? But then you look at it and you just kind of go, oh, somebody's really enjoyed that watch. So it's cool that they've kind of, you know, gotten that much wear out of it. Yeah. The things a watch has seen, basically, the thing that watch has seen. Mm. Hey, um, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, whatever you like. You good? I don't know. I mean, you sent me that po- that thing on um, – we'll get into the 992 thing, actually, I think. But you did send me that yeah, post yeah, on Renlist. And I know people yep. say don't trust Renlist. I don't trust Renlist. Um, but it had best drivers 911. Um, I maybe yep. – I, I kind of read that post and I thought it was a bit elitist. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. You were – you uh, don't forget to. Um, you said this to me off mic um, that you felt that way. This was on. This was posted on the nine nine seven GT three kind of forum. So, oh, okay. Um, um, do you want to talk about yeah. it, Steve, or not? I mean, there was a poll they put oh, on. I just yeah, I just thought it was vaguely kind of interesting. Like that's pretty much what I read on the nine nine seven GT three forum. Um, the poll results um, came up. Uh, unsurprisingly, as the 997 GT3 RS being 62% of the votes as the best driving 911. Um, The other contenders were 996 GT3, um, 964 RS, 992 GT3, and 991 GT3 RS. There was also like a section for something else, please state, um, which was the second highest vote. It's like, yeah, I, I just stuck it on our notes because I sort of thought, oh, yeah, it's interesting. And God's honest truth is that on a 997 GT3 forum, it's not surprising that <laughs> the thing that got the most votes was a 997 GT3 RS. So. But where's the 997 GT3? And I think someone said that. Where is that? There's no vote for that? That wasn't in the poll? It wasn't in the poll, yeah. Which is very odd. Like, why wouldn't you have the 997 GT3? Because are people going to vote for the GT3 RS or are they going to vote for the GT3? Uh, yeah, don't know, don't know. But look, you know, all of those cars, you wouldn't be complaining if you had all any of them. And I'm pretty sure you'd be having a hell of a lot of fun if you were um, sort of Sunday driving or caning down a back road in any of those cars. So Yeah, 84 votes, you know, not a big sample. Um, but all mm-hmm. those 911s, you know, let's be honest, most of us are out of reach. I mean, the prices of most yeah. of them are out of reach. The cheapest car on that list is probably the 996 GT3. And even that is in my mind, out of reach now. So What's that, 200 plus? 996 GT3 in Australia, yeah. 250. The two of them for sale yeah. at the moment, which is still for sale, are 250. Um, oh, I think they've mate. come da- back a little bit, the one, at, um, the two that are for sale, yeah, 0.1 and 0.2. Um, Just cash it down to um, cash converters. You get good money for it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. No? The post on Instagram, we just spoke about that before. We'll just talk about it really quickly. This post on Instagram mm. that uh, Frank Walliser posts, mm-hmm. What was that? He was posting. I've got it up actually. He was just posting pictures of the of the GT4 RS, and then he said something in the in the comments, didn't he? Someone commented and he said, "They're teasing us." Stay tuned. He said, "Stay tuned." Now, yeah. there's not really anything higher than a GT4 RS, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's quite a good color that GT4 RS actually. Um, mm. But I read something and I couldn't find it, Steve. That people are saying that it could be a a spider version like a gt4 rs or spider version coming i don't know where mm-hmm. i read that and i couldn't find it before we came on um and maybe i dreamt it is that what they're teasing you think that is a possibility that there could be a no rs idea. spider is there ever been an rs spider 
beyond the thing that raced in um, American, the American Le Mans series, the DHL sponsored thing. I don't, right. I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not knowledgeable enough to know the answer to that. But like in modern times, there's never been a, a, a topless RS model at all. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming if they're kind of true to their um, their company line, you know, they always sort of say the RS is like the track car, so whatever. You know, that's the reason why there is no yeah. manual RS because like a PDK is quicker on track. And I'd assume that a roofed car would be stiffer, therefore mm. maybe like there would never be a topless um, RS car, but I'm talking at my bum, I don't know. But they say stay tuned, so something's happening. I see Harris, uh, Chris Harris made a comment saying send to Bristol for the car, so he obviously wants that car. Um, mm. I also watched Chris Harris' video. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos this week because of the rain. Um, I didn't realize yep. he had an M- M2 uh, CS. CS. It's good, isn't it? And he's had a that a color converted thing to that sort of Irish green looking color. Well, he said it was a wrap this time. He didn't say it was a... Because if you look inside the engine bay, you can see the blue, the blue when he opened yeah. it. I'm don't, I don't know. I think it looks like a wrap. I think it looks flat. I think wraps look a bit flat. I'm not a big fan of wraps either. I think they look a bit flat. They don't look like real mm. paint. Um, mm. But what a great car. What a great car. I mean, you know, this Porsche, this Porsche BMW sort of correlation thing, Steve, that people into Porsches are also into, into BMs. Um, it's mm. quite strong, isn't it? It is quite strong. I've noticed that on owner stories as well. And people I speak to, a lot of people are into BMs are also into Porsche. Yeah. Like you, yeah. for example. Current BMs, I'm not. Um, less into like I really uh, we've talked about it before. I hate that G80 thing, the Bucky Bucky Beaver teeth. Um, I don't mind it. I'm starting to warm to it. Like I think Marco might have said that in our chat. I'm yeah, starting. I'm starting to warm to it. I saw another one the other day, and I think in the right color, it's not so bad. It it reads like it's an amazing car. Everybody sort of says that it's better than the previous generation in terms of the drive, but I just can't get over the looks. Um, but then I was surprised to see how. Um, the new M5, that kind of just gets absolutely raved about by yeah, every motor. Yeah, it's supposed to be amazing. Like, wow. That, yeah. That must be kind of, um, yeah, must be That's, like a sweet car. Yeah. I think the problem with the new M3, just talking BMWs mm. for a second, I think I kind of feel a little bit sorry for F80 owners of the previous M3 competition because I think it Hello actually... my cousin. <laughs> I, think, I think it's starting to... I think it's made it look really dated. And I'm, not saying the other, and I'm not saying the other one is great, but it's made that model at the front look really dated like in you a second. So? And I, I think BMW has been a bit mean. I think they've been a bit mean to the previous owners because I think they really have aged that car um, rapidly. Yeah, uh, Marco said that too, but I reckon uh, I've said this many times, like in 20 years' time, I'd, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would still put money on people in 20 years saying that the F80 is a more classic and a more attractive looking car than a G80. Yeah. I'll be driving my mobility scooter in 20 years time. So Steve will be in a Tesla. Hey, I'm going to have, I'm going to hit something here. These EV podcasts, yeah. I find them so absolutely boring. I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't. I don't now. think. I don't think EV Maybe. podcasts. I don't think talking about EVs is that exciting. It, you know, it goes fast. It goes slow. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Battery life. I don't know. It's. I, what I did you listen to the Johnny Lieberman Motor Train one? Yeah, I have listened I to Johnny listened Lieberman. To I find that I don't like to criticize other other podcasts. Go on. 
<laughs> but I think that inevitable, well, the two things I pick up, and, you know, I have this, this thing about reading people, I don't know, sometimes, but I find that him and Johnny don't get on. He's not, he doesn't get on with that guy very well, even though the Who's guy's like the, the other host. He doesn't oh, okay. look like he gets on with him that well. It looks like there's, there's tension there. He doesn't look comfortable, Johnny Liebman, where when you hear him on Spike, he's more comfortable. Obviously, this is his day job and whatever. Mm. I find their interview technique, I find the other guy not, not great. I don't know what his name is. Um, the other guy, the editor. I don't find his interview te- technique very great. I thought the one with Spike was really bad. Like, I thought mm-hmm. it was really, really bad. I didn't I didn't listen to it. Um, but that's just my opinion. I mean, I just don't think it just doesn't come across natural. I'll get into that at the end of the podcast, actually, about coming across natural. But um, I just don't think did it was very natural. Did it's, you? But I, I don't want to listen to EV podcasts. It's not something I'm interested in. Did you listen to the podcast where um, Matt Farrell went off at Spike about his interview with the head of Tesla? Not yet. <laughs> I haven't. That was, I, that's mildly entertaining. I will listen to that and I'm intending to listen to it. I just haven't had much time. Um, <clears throat> but... I, I need to get back to listening to podcasts again because I haven't actually um, haven't been doing yeah, it. Yeah, have a listen. I'd be curious to see what you kind of think. I, yeah, uh, it's just interesting that Matt Farah basically started to critique um, Spike's interview with the head of um, the head designer of Tesla kind of thing, and basically said he licked ass the whole time, really? didn't ask any hard questions. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to that for sure. Nine nine twos. A lot of people who are listening, Steve, are thinking about buying a nine nine two. I think about it. Mm-hmm. I think about buying a lot of things, Do but it. I think, Do how it. am I going to get three hundred eighty thousand Australian dollars to buy one? Don't worry about that bit. Think about that later. Um, you know, sell a limb, sell my, yeah. sell a go. house, sell a house, yeah. sell something. I don't know what. If yeah. I could sell a house, that is. But what's a good spec? You know, you brought this up. What's a good spec for a nine nine two? And you had a friend of yours or a friend of a friend ask you. I'll um, background I, you. Yeah. A friend of mine who knows that I'm a sort of uh, car enthusiast, knows me as a car enthusiast, um, literally put me in touch with one of his mates and just emailed us both and introed me and just sort of said, Steve, Steve's into Porsches, blah, blah, blah. This is, you know, blah. Um, and he's thinking about buying one. And this um, this person I actually do know, he used to be the, um, he used to um, be one of the head honchos at an agency that I worked at, um, literally just sort of said, ah, oh, um, he's thinking about buying a 992, any tips, thoughts, etc. And I didn't realize too, just as by way of background, it's not his first 911. He'd, he'd, he'd driven a 997 um, and sold that before he moved overseas for a stint. So he's looking to get back into a 992. And what did you recommend? I actually was honest and sort of said to him, I don't know a great deal about 992s. I read a little bit of stuff, you know, quickly had a kind of look online. Um, but sorry, and his thoughts, his his instinctive thoughts were he sounds maybe like um, a slightly older kind of guy, older than you and I. Um, so, and he sort of said that he he still kind of drives fairly gently and stuff like that. So it's not like this car was kind of going on track or whatever. Right. And his instinctive inclinations were to uh, to get a very simple spec. Um, and he knew, so I, what I'd sort of said to him was like from, you know, all the kind of stuff that I'd heard on forums and, you know, WhatsApp chats and all that sort of stuff was that basically if you try to order a car right now, you'd be waiting quite a while. Um, so for sure, um you could spec it the way that you kind of wanted. Um, but so sorry, he was then sort of talking about the other used ones that were available, which I had a quick look at as well. There's a really good one for sale. 
That blue yeah. one with the Sportex seats, with that checkerboard seat, there was one for sale. That's oh, a okay. really, I thought that was a really, really well-specced 992. But they're all, all the used ones, like, you know, at dealers, like Porsche dealers and stuff like that, you're still, like, they're pretty much wanting 900 for a, oh, sorry, 900, 300 for a base 992 with, you know, um, oh, you're talking about base? <clears throat> yeah, the base yeah. 902 is about 290. Um, but there's some nice S's for sale at the moment, 992 S's resale ones. Like I said, I think the one I saw was the blue one with the Sportex seats, which are those checkered seats, which I really like. Um, yep. And I think that was mid three, 330, 340 or something like that for an S. And it's in right. blue. It's in the blue you don't like in, um, what's it called? Gentian. Gentian. Gentian blue. blue, yeah. Gen- genital blue. I quite like that blue. I think, you know, I think, I don't know, this is, this is another question that comes and, and we, when we spoke about this before we started recording, it's like, it's not just, mm. I think it's really difficult if you, if you think, okay, I want to buy a 992. Um, first, you've got to think about when am I going to get it? And like you yep. said, you know, you, your friend of a friend is like, should I just buy one from a dealer that's already been a demo model or a dealer yep. principles model or whatever it is at this point? Um, yep. Should I buy one of those? It's, they're not really super premium. They don't seem to be at a really high premium, I didn't think. I thought they'd be more than that. And they have come down, the Carreras. They seem to have dropped oh, a little sorry, bit in price. so you don't think they're expensive? I don't think saying? they're at a huge premium, no, for some reason, which oh, surprises okay. me. And I think that I, I noticed... They to me, I don't know. And I thought the Carreras had dropped a bit. Um, that's just my observation over the last few months, six months or whatever. Yep, yep. Um, but I think it's really, really hard, Steve. It's hard to know, one, should I buy a new yep. one? Two, okay, I'm going to buy a new one. What should I buy? Yep. yep. Now, should I buy a Carrera? It's or regardless, if the question is basically, are there any, it's a classic thing that you read on forums too, are there many, are there any must-have options? Are there something that you should walk away from if it doesn't actually have, you know, be it sports chrono or whatever? So what, what's your opinion of that? I think, I think with the 992, you need the sports chrono. I think you want that little button, you know what I mean, um, which comes with a sports chrono. On the wheel, I don't think you get that if you don't get Sports Chrono, do you? You get extra functions or something, right? I'm not familiar enough. So, sorry, I should caveat. I don't know enough about 992s to sort of. Okay, I think rear axle steering because everyone raves about it. I think it's a cheap option. Um, sports exhaust. I... Sports exhaust. It depends on who you are. I would pick it. Um, I yep. would pick those Sportex seats. I love that checkerboard sort of seat. I think that's yep. what they're called. That seat, you know, the one. Yep. Um, yep. I would pick that for sure. I would pick lift kit for sure. Having owned a 911 before, I would definitely pick lift kit. In every, any 992 that I bought, I would option the lift kit for 5000 Australian dollars. I would forego something else to save the money if I had to, but I would definitely get the lift kit. I would yep. take the RS Spider wheels, but if I wanted black wheels, you have to go with the basic ones. I don't mind the basic ones, the, the free ones in black painted. Yep. Um, and I would get the sport design package for the front and the rear even though a lot of people hate the rear with the little painted white, little painted bits, I think that the 992 needs that front and back done. I think it looks a bit weak without it. Steve? Um, again, I don't know much about it. Rear axle steer, I reckon you have to have it too because it just sounds like um, the car's so big, it's become sort of intrinsic to making it sort of agile and feel smaller even if you even if you're sort of not kind of racy racing it kind of thing it sounds like it just makes the car that much better and yes it's technology yes i I don't know like even like you know really good journos like catchpole and um 
uh, whatever sort of still think that it's quite good. So if if they don't feel like it is, um, how do I put it, artificial feeling, then it must be a kind of a good thing. Sports chrono, yeah, I don't know. The thing about sports chrono is like I've got a car with sports chrono, like the um, I've got two cars with sports chrono actually. And how often do you press that button? Very rarely. But isn't it better now? Isn't it got something better than what it had before? It's much improved. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like admittedly in my GT3, the sports chrono and a 997, a sports chrono means absolute diddly squat. Like pressing that button doesn't really do much. It supposedly affects the throttle response a tiny bit and it opens the valves in the exhaust, which you can do independently. So you don't need it in a 997. In a modern day one, like, so the other car, sorry, that we've got that has it is the McCann. And yes, I don't drive the car in comfort. I drive it in sports mode. But I don't know, like this sort of newfangled thing where you press buttons to modify. Yeah. I don't, I don't actually know how much you kind of tinker with that sort of stuff. But you have the buttons, you know what I mean? When you've got the buttons, you yeah. don't, you know, you can say that. You know, someone coming from someone like me yeah, who doesn't have the buttons, I miss not having the buttons to press. You know, I, I want that button. I want something. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? But if I said to you, you only <laughs> press the buttons for the first two weeks and then you don't press them anymore and, like, you've got to pay extra money for it, like... Yeah, but I think the 992, the best thing is that wet mode they've got, which apparently is really good, right? The wet mode on the 992 apparently works right. really, really well. I think Elliot told me yeah. that, Elliot, who's on a previous owner stories. Um, I think there is one option I would actually get in the 992, but I have read a couple of people saying it doesn't work fantastic, is that adaptive cruise control, okay. which you can only get with PDK. Um, I don't know what I the... Use the it. I've never touched the cruise I'm, control in either car again. But I don't know if the adaptive cruise control is the thing. See, I... The best option, I think, is the one when you've got the lift kit and it remembers the GPS coordinates and it lifts up your lift front of your car automatically. Mm -hmm. It gets to know your street. I don't know whether that's mm -hmm. adaptive cruise control. For some reason, I think it is. But if it's not, that's the option I'm talking about where it actually, if you get the lift kit and it remembers where you've been and it'll lift the lift without you having to do it manually. Just do it. Mm -hmm. It'll just remember. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really cool thing to have. Don't you? Uh, long, as sure, sure. long as it remembers. long as it remembers. I... I'd have to drive a 992 to sort of try to judge how low it feels. Like, you know, like if it's as low as my car or your car, then yeah, maybe. But if the design of it, so the front of it doesn't sort of scrape so much, then maybe I'm not sure I'd be spending five grand on it. Um, you know, like I'd be looking at, I'd be a definite for sports exhaust. I'd be probably a definite for PASM, like having lowered suspension. Um Okay. Then I, the other areas I'd be spending money on um, would be the steering wheel. I'd, I'm a sucker for a GT steering wheel, and uh, I'm sort of maybe if I had the cash, the front uh, apron thing that you talked about, the sports design front. Um, I, think it needs I it. don't mind it. I hate the rear one, so I wouldn't touch that. But, I think they look yeah. better in real life. I think the I think the nine nine two update the point two, I think they will rectify that front apron look. I think they'll make it look sportier in the base model. That's my that's my um, yeah. guess. But again, if I was talking to this friend of a friend, um, and he just sort of said like, oh, you know, like I only want to stop short at whatever the number is, like call it, you know, okay. two eighty, blah blah blah. It's like yeah, I'm pretty sure that you know whatever you kind of get, it's going to be an awesome car. And I don't think in this day and age, even though like Porsche has an options list, as long as, you know, tomorrow kind of thing, um, 
I'm pretty sure that, like, even if you didn't spec it particularly highly, it would be a very capable car. And in terms of resale value, A, fuck the next guy, B, um, it probably doesn't matter so much these days, does it? Well, you've got to buy what you buy what you like, right? You really have to yeah, buy what exactly. you like. I mean, I remember um, Jeremy, who was on a previous owner's stories, and Jeremy mm. bought the 992, brand new 992 Carrera, bought it in white. I mean, we like the, you know, I'd probably get GT Silver or White. Well, I'd get one of the free colors. I wouldn't pay for a color um, if you're on a budget. Aventura but, Green. But he bought a white, or Aventura Green, yeah. He bought a white, right? And we saw that color at Duck and Whale. There was one there. It looks fantastic in real life. It's quite subtle, mm. though. It's almost gray. It doesn't look green. It mm. looks more gray. It's not definitely not like your 993. It's definitely not a green. It's, it's more of a gray with green t- highlights to me. Mm. That one at Duck and Whale. But I remember Jeremy, he spec the thing where at the back of the 911, 992, you have the two, you know, where it reads 911, where there's a nine bars and the 11 in the center, how they make it read 911 on the back grill. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? You knew that, mm-hmm. right? That design yeah, thing. Yeah. And the thing which yeah. is the 11, which is usually in red, you can spec mm-hmm. that as per the GTS where you spec it, that's in white, so you don't get it mm-hmm. in red. And mm-hmm. I think that is a good option. I think it looks a lot better when it's clear and it's not, not red, those two lines. Um, I think that's a good option to get and it's a cheap option. I forget what it's called. It's one of those exclusive manufacturer options on the, on the configurator. And he spec that. Mm-hmm. And I think it actually does look, it does look a lot better. Little tiny things, you know what I mean? Just a little tiny point of difference. Um, but it's it not just a, there, right? Yeah, but it's not about the spec though, Steve. It's not about what you option. It's like, what do you buy? Now, I just watched that Harry's Garage video quickly yesterday. And also, you know, Chris Harris's videos, recent videos on, on the, the you know, um, on new 992s as well. Yep. But Harry's once again going on the fact that he did the he did a road test on the GTS, uh, Carmine Red GTS, and in manual, of course. I mean, it sounded yep. amazing. It looks really cool. I mean, I really like the new 992 GTS, especially when it's in manual. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's about 380-odd thousand here if you if you spec it out in a reasonable way, get one sensible way. Cash converters. Just got to cash But converters. he was saying he still thinks this, this is the way to go. It's better than a GT3. It's a better, I guess it's a better all-rounder. I mean, I don't car. know if that's any... talking a road car. Yeah, and I don't know if that's any surprise really because we know the GT3 is for the track and we know the GT3 has become more hardcore in, the, in this generation. Don't you think? Is he telling us anything new? I don't know. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I suppose it's probably a moot point for most people anyway because you can't even get a GT3 even if you really, really wanted one. Like, call it you. Say, like, all of a sudden you've won Lotto or you actually have been down to the cash converters and sold, like, a family member or two. Um, you can't even, like, even if you really, really, really wanted one, you couldn't get one. Like, the the second yellow one that came up for sale um, yeah. uh, during tell, the week has already sold. Everyone. And that was, how much How much was that? 600-something. 600, yeah. wasn't it? So 600 or 1000 dollars for a yellow GT3 and it's gone already. <clears throat> it's the second one that's been that's been flipped yep. at a re- this one even higher than the previous one. Higher price. Yeah, um, so say you're in the fortunate position of, you know, you know being able to afford one of these things. Yeah, I don't even know if a GT3 is really in the equation anyway, is it? But you know what? I look back at the price of the 901.2 Speedster. People were trying to hmm. flip them they were 899, 850 you know, they were the prices of the Speedster. There's still Speedsters mm-hmm. for sale on car sales here in Australia, and they're now around six fifty, six seventy nine. Now you bought one at, at eight fifty, mm-hmm. you're lost. These cars aren't selling; they're sitting there. They're not. They're not selling at six seventy nine because they're a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar car. 
Mm-hmm. And people aren't seeing the, the appeal of them, Steve. They're not seeing the rarity of them. The 911Rs that all listed, which all came back down in price to between like 575 and 649, and there was a flock of them on car sales, like three or four at once, mm. you know, in one period, they sold in a, in a heartbeat. They're gone, you know. But the yep. Speedsters, Speedster's not an easy sale. It never has been an easy sale, and it's still sitting there. I worry about paying this money, paying that much more, 200,000 200, Australian over list for a GT3. You'd be crazy to do that, you know. And also the color. Let's go to the color. Let's go to this color rarity price equation thing because this all comes into buying a new 911, you know what I mean, and also Uh your resale values and whatever. Now, if you really buy what you like, you know, that guy obviously bought what he liked. He bought the yellow GT3. But yellow is not going to be everyone's choice of color either, you know what I mean? Yeah. And how hard is that that going to be to resell that in the future? I don't know. In the past, yellow was... Never moved very quickly. I've always followed yellow cars, um, GT3s or whatever, and they've always sat there kind of for longer. Um, but then I've always loved Speed Yellow and I would actually kind of seek one out if I could. So, yeah. but I possibly I'm in the minority or maybe tastes have changed now that like Larry kind of um, Porsche colors are all the rage and I maybe everybody has. sort of wants one now. So, yeah. Could I think it has. I think it has. I think you're right. All these sort of heritage racing cool sort of colors and look at marco's 996 turbo it's a great color um Mm. you know i've always been a fan of speed yellow i never would buy a speed yellow car but after seeing marco's in the flesh i would think i don't have a problem buying speed yellow i'd buy speed yellow over guards red you know what i mean i would always i would buy Mm -hmm. it over guards red for sure Mm -hmm. um but you know this color rarity thing you know steve when you're buying a 992 you know like and we all know that certain markets certain combinations are more popular in certain markets. You know, Australians are big on black and black. Um, you advertise a car with a red or tan or white interior, they seem to be slower to sell. Mm-hmm. But do you take this into account when you're ordering a new car? Do you worry about what that's going to be, that resale market? Like, do you buy a, you know, do you buy a lava orange <clears throat> Carrera GTS and, and get red leather interior, you know, because you love it? Yeah, do you worry about that? Because you you know that's going to be a hard sell in Australia. Depends on your own circumstances, I suppose. Like nobody's rich enough to kind of just like hose, you know, half a million dollars because you like it sort of thing. Like you spec your car like a Barbie car and all of that sort of stuff. But um, primarily like the cars for your own enjoyment, you know, try not to worry so much about, you know, what the next guy is going to do with it. I mean, there was... <clears throat> There was a post that was on the Discord, the Porsche Cool Discord, which is a bit dead at the mm. moment. Mm. Um, and it was from uh, Bernard, who's been on Owner Stories mm. before. And his thing was, you know, about how his anthracite brown car sold very quickly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he was on Owner Stories. He, he talked about the car on the Owner Stories. And it sold mm-hmm. really, really quickly. Um, some people told him it was because it was a rare color. It sold faster. Um, but he, he thought it was because that Porsche, uh, Porsche had priced it lower. You know, they priced it lower, so it sold quickly. Do you mm-hmm. think that certain colors, you will get a, a, a lesser price? Like if you're buying a 911, if it's got a red interior, is it going to be priced cheaper than a black 911 with a black interior? You think that I actually think impacts price now that people, they really do have to price it lower? It's a fairly general question, I reckon, because I think it, definitely depends on the actual car or color that you're talking about. Like I reckon tastes have broadened. So it's no longer people literally just wanting to buy a black, silver, white car, gray car kind of thing. I think people are much more open to kind of colors. Um, Same with the interior. Like I think 
old days, people only wanted ever, um, people only ever wanted like a black interior. These days, like red and, you know, various tans and browns are far more acceptable and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you then kind of got into a question about like, I still think like a ruby stone, a ruby stone kind of um, paint colour would still not be for everyone. Um, I think you're narrowing <laughs> your market massively or a brown, like call a brown <laughs> colour, like that macadamia colour. Yeah. I, I don't. I still don't think there's going to be that many people that will kind of want that, that color color. <laughs> there's something I want to ask you about. Yeah. Matt Farah. Yep. His spider that's gone missing, right? And there's yep. two things I want to bring up here because I thought, thought it was quite a funny. He specked that in frozen berry metallic. Did he? With the red Porsche spider interior with gold wheels. Did he seriously? <laughs> yes. So it's frozen berry metallic. Fuck with the me. red really? and black, the, the Bordeaux and black Porsche Spider interior with gold wheels. Now that con- that confirms <laughs> my that confirms my view that he and I have very different taste. And, and no offense to Matt Farah's taste, but he's trying to sell it like it's in good taste. Like it's scary. And then he had Ma- uh, Magnus Walker on the other day. He was talking to Magnus Walker. I watched that on YouTube, and right. he's saying to Matt to Magnus Walker that. He told Magnus Walker the color he bought, and then they pulled it up. And he's saying, "See, yep. it's just like it's like the um, ruby stone. Cassis. It's like it's like the new it's like the newest new cassis. Yeah, it's like the new cassis. And it's like no. it's not. It's pink. It's not. Cassis. I'm sorry. But like <laughs> that color with that Bordeaux black Porsche spider interior with gold wheels. To me, that just is just terrible. I'm sorry. That's it's, terrible. It's, you'll yeah. never. As long as you don't want to sell it ever again. I mean, if you like it, you like it. He's going on about how cool it was in one of those in one of his episodes. But man." Because I, I know you like cappuccino and frozen berry metallic, Steve. Oh God! Um, you know, um, I've heard him when he had um, Larry from Ammo um, on his yeah. podcast, and he was counselling um, Larry on the podcast about how people like him and Larry are. I think he literally said this that they are the tastemakers. So whatever they do, like other people, oh really. Think, it's call and follow. Yeah, he, I, it, it was a little bit sort of um, a little bit sort of uh, of a funny kind of comment. And so it stuck in my my brain. I know what he was sort of saying because I think Larry was deliberating the color of his of his um, Taycan Cross Turismo sort of thing. But it's like, yeah, look, you know, um, each to their own. It's cool. It's his money. Whatever. Blah blah blah. But. Um, I already kind of knew that, you know, the way that he spec'd his um, safari car and stuff like that, the interior particularly, it's he and I have very different taste. Yeah, that interior wasn't great. <clears throat> but it, I don't think I don't think that looked that bad. I don't think it looked that bad. But I remember, oh, Matt, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, this is just a thing on podcasts, I guess, where people say one thing and then the next day they're saying something different, you know, whether it be watches mm. or whatever. But I just remember when he was like, he almost bought one off, he almost bought his 328 GTS off Ring a Trailer and it was yeah. a red one. And he said, yeah. oh, I didn't buy it because it was just overpriced. I was bidding right to the end and then I did buy it. Yeah. And then he buys a black yeah. one. He says, I never wanted a red 328 GTS. And it's like, sorry, why were you bidding on one on Bring a Trailer then if you never wanted a yeah. red one? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I find these, these things, they, like these contradictions in these, in these stories. It's like, mm, okay, that doesn't make sense. Spike does it all the time, by the way. He does it all the time. I suppose it's hard though because like we are talking about, you know, people like us kind of thing and 
it's just because you've captured it on a broadcast so then people are you know pointing out that oh but you said this and that and everything else sort of thing like but then like if i i guess if i was in his shoes i would probably be maybe more careful about what i sort of said out loud maybe yep 992 992 i would spec in a i would spec in a a general color on the outside, but I would spec it in a two-tone interior on the inside. If I was going mm-hmm. to go two-tone, I'd spec it two-tone. Otherwise, I would spec it with the um, Sportec seats because I think they're really good with some kind of contrast stitching. I think it comes with contrast stitching anyway. You can add that in deviated stitching. Um, yeah, I started I watching. Um, I started watching when this friend of a friend asked certain things. I started watching Nick Murray's kind of videos. He's got two very long 992 option videos, yeah. and I started kind of listening to it in the background while I was trying to do something else. It was kind of interesting. Um, they really know how to get you on the options though, got to say. Do. They do. I like McMurray. I think it's really good. I really, you know, he just made his 200,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is followers or whatever it is on YouTube. It's amazing. Um, mm. He does a good job. He's funny. I like him. He's got, yeah. he's got a good sense of humor. He's a funny guy and he doesn't take it too seriously. And he's, he's got 200,000 followers, which people are, some people like die to get, you know, trying to work out algorithms. Yeah, it sort of seems like he's not he's not really that into it. Like he's into it enough to kind of do it, but he's not so into it that he kind of lives and dies off what everybody else sort of says and thinks on yeah. social media. Um All right. So what do you think, Steve? What what's the what's the if someone else asks you what what to do with the 992, what to buy? Would you say buy mm. a base Carrera? Would you say buy a GTS? Would you say just make it really simple, really cheap? I think uh, it sounded fancy. I think I told my mate, uh, my mate of a mate who I kind of semi knew anyway, um, that he won't go wrong either way. I, it sort of felt like the used ones were kind of high and the bit that I was kind of scared of on his behalf was like, oh, um, you know, like there's no guarantees that um, your 300 grand doesn't disappear. So it just depends on that situation. In terms of the spec of the car, buy what you like. You know, um, I think it would be fine if you didn't go to town on the spec um, and you bought sort of more like a basic, a basic specification for it. Like, um, sounds like they're amazing cars, and I'm sure he'd have have lots of fun and enjoy it. And I think you do. You do have to be careful with color. I think, especially in Australia, you have to be careful with color. Even though people are buying brighter colors, I think you have to be really careful with combinations. Um, if you're oh. worried about. If you're not going to keep this car for, you know, a long period, you have to worry about it, I think, a little bit. If money's tight and this is a really big purchase and you're financing it, maybe you do have to worry about it. If you've got a little bit of extra cash, I'm guessing it doesn't <clears throat> it doesn't come into play as much. Um, if I was going to do a 992, yep. I would only do it if I could get <laughs> not the best one, but I would still probably look <laughs> at it. I would still probably look at the GTS. I still think after seeing the GTS review... And seeing yep. the man, how you can get it in manual, um, and how great it is, I think the GTS is. I reckon that's a sweet spot. It's, and I think you could actually order one, and you probably would get one in twelve months' time or eleven months' time. Where a GT3, mm-hmm. they probably won't even give you an allocation here. So I think that's a. I think that's something to to consider if you wanted to get one. I'm hesitant, Steve, to buy ones that are secondhand because if I'm spending three hundred and thirty thousand on a new nine nine two. Mm. I really want to spec it the way I want it. Um, yeah, sure. So I don't think I would buy one resale. I think, you know, you do that with 997s wait. and 991s. Um, you know, and then there's always 991 GTSs, but 991 GTSs are only about 80, 80 and 90 to 100 grand less than a new one. I know that mm. doesn't sound like, I know that sounds like a lot of money, but for people who are financing, it's not that much money. You know what I mean? If you're paying cash, I guess it's different, but 
I don't know. There's tough decisions to be made. It's not easy buying cars. It's not easy at all, especially in today's market oh. where there's, it's, it's such a mess. The prices are such a mess and all over the place and you don't know which way it's going to go. I hear you on the GTS thing. Like I, I think Bernard sort of thinks that I, um, I'm a GTS hater, which I'm not. It's, I've just always sort of, my, my view of a GTS was like with used ones is like, why would you buy a GTS when it's only like, it's a, not that it's a little bit short of a GT3. Um, that was like one part of it. Yeah. But I think if you're going to, if you're going to order a car and say you're like looking at a base career and you want to sort of add some, some trinkets and toys to it. Um, if a lot of those trinkets or toys wind up being what's on a GTS as standard, then yeah. Um, go for a GTS because that's probably the better, the better car, and it's uh, a smarter way of kind of getting into it. Like it, it, it's pretty much a given that the GTS is going to be better than the base car. It's just whether or not you want to spend yeah, yeah. extra money. And I still say there's a you know there's a great GTS at Classic Throttle at the moment. That GT Silver manual, no sunroof, mm. which is, you know, I would not get a sunroof. Mm. And that's you know two hundred and eighty five thousand Australian, which is a lot. You know, yep. but it's only got ten thousand kilometers on it. But I think that's a pretty good one. Yeah. If I if I had the money, honestly, if I had the money, I'd probably go with. If I had the money to spend, I should say, I would probably go with that one, that one from Classic Throttle, because it is yep. a manual. It's in GT Silver. It doesn't have sunroof. It's perfect. That's what I found really distressing, by the way, Steve. When I was looking at um, M2 competitions for sale in Australia, <laughs> yep, they all have sunroofs. A lot of them have yeah. sunroofs. I thought they had a carbon roof. Why in the hell do you want a sunroof in an M2 competition? I found that really odd. And most of them are spec with sunroofs. Is that a BMW Australia thing where they just bring them all in with sunroofs? I don't most, know. I just thought these days most Australian cars, oh, I guess maybe I'm stuck in the dark ages too, more when I think when you kind of bought like a car that had been ordered by, inspected by a dealer, most of the time, like a sunroof was kind of part and parcel of that. I don't know, like they just sort of deem that Australians live in a sunny climate, therefore they want a, they want a hole in their roof. Um, yep. I, I, I was always sort of like indifferent either way. Like I didn't really care whether it had one or not. Um, I don't hate them as much as like, you know, the majority of enthusiasts seem to kind of um, dislike them. But yeah, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. Um, but if I was specking a new 992, would you, would you option the sunroof or the moonroof? I pay money for it? No, yeah. I probably wouldn't pay money I for it. I wouldn't. And no. if I did get the roof, it'd be the metal one that's sort of hidden, I guess. That would be the better yeah. one to take if you're going to take one. I wouldn't get that glass sliding roof. I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Yeah. But but on the other side of that coin, I'd kind of go, if I was shopping used and, you know, like they only had some roofs in them, it's like, yeah, it's fine. Well, um, you just take probably. it, I guess, yeah, if the price is yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else? Nope, not for me. All right, so let's let's. Uh, I mean, I just Steve and I just had a bit of a chat, and we stopped the recording. But um, I am going to say this, Steve. I'm going to go through with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. It's cool with me. I'm going to do a little bit of a not a speech, but I'm just going to have a little bit of a chat here for a second. Um, yep. And as I said, just you know, Steve and I were just chatting about things about the podcast and everything. But you know, as we know, there's a lot of automotive podcasts out there, Steve. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of Porsche podcasts. There's a lot of new Porsche podcasts. There's a lot of new car podcasts. Um, obviously, podcasts are the trend and they're, they're huge in the US and they're obviously gaining popularity everywhere else in, in UK and Australia. And I think, you know, the Porsche School podcast is actually, you know, in the scheme of things, we've done pretty well. Um, and, you know, usually I'm pretty modest and I don't like talking about these things, but I'm just going to go a little bit, a little bit further today, Steve. No, mate, you've done well. That's cool. You can say um, that. But I think, you know, Porsche School has done pretty well. Um, and I think it's done well 
I think a lot of people don't see see why things do well. People can't read it. And I think this is probably because the industry that you're in and the industry I'm in, that you analyze mm. things, you know, especially with content and messages and and how to how to get things through to people very, very quickly um, mm. in a really busy environment. You know, like, you know, I work in ex- with the expo exhibitions. There's millions of people going through there, you know, visitors mm-hmm. of, of each pavilion. So you have to do a quick, you know, it has to get through quickly to people. The message has to get through. I don't think that's the reason why. I think what differentiates differentiates Porsche Cooled from other podcasts is us, mate. It's you and me. Mm, and okay, I don't like to talk about myself, but I won't. So I won't. I'll no, I think it is. It's it's us. It's our friendship. No, it's our friendship. It's our connection. You know, it's knowing each other for over twenty years and being friends for most of that time. You know, it's it's that that's a big chunk of it. And I think that's what our audience likes. And people have told me so. And I think that's what you know resonates with our audience. I'll use that word. And I think, and I think, I think there's a lot of podcasts out there that really don't have that connection, you know. And I'm not going to mention which ones, but it just, in my opinion, I think there's a lot of podcasts that don't have that connection. And I think the listeners, I think the Portugal podcast has achieved that, and I think the listeners appreciate it. And I think you know, our, our not our fans, but our loyal listeners appreciate that, and they really do um, connect with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, this podcast takes a long, lot of time. It takes you know each episode when I do an edit people don't believe this when I say it, but it takes three to four hours depending on how much of a mess it is. Uh, David's episode last week actually um, actually turned out pretty good considering <laughs> his connection, his internet connection was so bad. It was dro- We were dropping out all the time. So, And I had like four files of, of David's just to sort of try and get rid of the gaps and put it together. And I think it came out pretty well. So these podcasts, they take a long time. Not that that's uh-huh. a complaint. It's just that it's just the facts, you know. Um. And, you know, Steve, the podcast, as we always said, is never about money. We have Patreon and we have some loyal Patreon followers who have been with us from the beginning. But the podcast was all about sharing not just our story, which is what every Friday episode is about. It's sharing other people's stories. And that's what Owner's Stories was about. You know what I mean? And I think both episodes, how do I say it? I think both episodes have achieved in, what have they achieved? They've achieved that you know, the passion, it's, it's, it shows the passion, it shows the community, it shows, you know, how good Porsche is and all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. But the podcast is not easy <laughs> mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of time. So I'm probably going to regret this, but I think, <laughs> I think for now, I think for now, I think for now that um, I always think things need, things need to change and I think this is going to be the last episode, Steve. Uh, for mm-hmm. now, and you and I have just spoken about this, and you, yeah, you don't have any objections. No, no, no. But I think I think for now this Talk is the last you, episode. Yeah, I think this is the last episode. I know it's going to be a surprise for most people. Um, we we we're not saying we're never going to return, but we just need to. I just need to like stop it for a bit, um, refresh, concentrate on my day job, concentrate on a few other things, and then come back and see what's uh, what's going to be next for Portugal Podcast. Um, like I said, so. Steve, anything else you want to add to no. that? No, no, it's all good. Michael only just told me all of this too, so if I sort of sound, well, I probably wouldn't sort of say that much anyway, to be perfectly honest. Like, I think you've done a really good job, you know, like you kind of surprised the hell out of me, sort of how um, how dedicated you were to all of it, how, um, how popular it became, all of that sort of stuff. So, like, good on you for doing that. Um, you know, like, again because there was no sort of commercial intent with all of this. Like I know 
podcasts have become all the rage and I know um, you can sort of try to make money. I know there were opportunities where you probably could have and all of that sort of stuff, but that was never, never um, the reason why. So like, yeah, it's cool. Like, you, you know, know the, the reassurance when you look at um, podcast charts, Apple podcast charts and the reviews, you know, the hundred and just so you know, worldwide hundred and over 170 reviews from our listeners. You know what I mean? 176 episodes started in 2019. Um, and that's about it. Yeah. Like, you know, um, without sounding like a sad sap too, um, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't change like the way that you and I sort of talk as mates and all that sort of stuff. Like we had a regular, we had a regular, you know, weekly chat penned in. Hopefully we can still have regular chats, but it's just not recorded. Just cool with me. Yeah. And everyone knows, Steve, you're a major factor why this podcast is a success. Uh, as the co-host yes yes <laughs> as the all right like i said i'll probably regret it but for now um that's it thanks steve cool no worries mate take it easy all right everyone thanks for listening bye for now <laughs> <laughs>